actually Christmas, which is coming right up this this week. Christmas. Wow, it's already Christmas. What a year it's been. I would have to say 2020 has been the best year of my life. Shut the fuck uh, up. <laughs> um, Don't lie to the people, so, Sam. Yeah, Sam is actually just COVID. In you know, he's a bunch of COVID <laughs> in a trench coat and a top hat walking around. Uh, I mean, I know it's a podcast. You guys don't really see our faces much. Um, but yeah, that's actually what Sam is. It's just a bunch of COVID uh, in a trench coat. Wow. That's do you celebrate? Nice. Do you celebrate Christmas, Sam? Am I celibate? Is that what you were asking? Well, first answer that question, <laughs> then answer the Christmas question. They're kind of related, I guess. <laughs> Uh, what yeah, did you ask? Do I celebrate Christmas? Yeah. No, I am of the uh, Jewish persuasion, so no, I don't. I don't celebrate Christmas. Um, Hanukkah, which is just en- just ended, celebrated that. Uh, but I I celebrate Christmas in the sense of like uh, I do observe that it, you know. I'm like, oh, today's Christmas, and I'm like, you're I not usually... a Christmas denier. No, I'm not like, <laughs> and I'm not like, oh, I'm not even gonna acknowledge that today's Christmas. No, I like, I like to watch basketball uh, on Christmas because usually there's a good slate of NBA games, and I like to eat Chinese food, um, and like Chinese food. Yeah, that's that's a big thing for people who don't celebrate Christmas. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, because typically Chinese food restaurants are. Some they're the open. Old, yeah, they stay open like on the Christmas. Only, okay, you know. that makes sense. It's like uh, in a Christmas story. Have you ever seen that movie, Charlie? Yeah, yeah you know? but I a guess non-offensive that. at all scene. A scene that well, yeah, that scene is not very racist. But, but <laughs> in terms of you know, you were talking about Christmas. Watch. Do you watch Christmas movies and stuff around this time? I mean, um, I feel like there's not a lot of good ones. Honestly, I like don't... sometimes it feels like you have to watch some. I watch Christmas then, Story because you know. it's on TBS for like. I think they show <laughs> yeah. it literally. 24 hours a day for a week. Um, Are there any good Hanukkah movies? I feel like I don't. You know, I mean, I'm not Jewish, so I don't like. Eight I'm Crazy not Nights, them out, the Adam but... Sandler animated right. movie. Yeah, I've, that movie, an animated Adam Sandler movie, right. just what? It's funny because like he, they just drew him to look like Adam yeah. Sandler. Too. Yeah, he looks the same. <laughs> um, yeah. He's just playing himself. And so that like a isn't he like a basketball ref or something? Or no, he, his friend is. I haven't seen that. He movie okay. So the story. Hey, well, we my don't time to shine, plot, baby. I guess I guess, maybe. <laughs> oh, no. What have I done? The the quick rundown of it is that he is like a high school basketball star, like a youth basketball star, and then his parents die. And he just becomes an asshole and quits basketball and everything. And then now he's grown up. And for, I don't remember why, if he gets like evicted or something, but he ends up living with like the ref of those teams. Okay. Yeah. I remember, I just remember this like old guy who's like a yeah. short, you know, it's like an animated character who's like tiny, but he's an old man. Yeah. Anyways. And he's super hairy. Um, other Hanukkah movies. There's really not a lot of good ones that I could think of. Uh, there's a, I believe it was a Disney Channel original movie, a DCOM. Um, but what was it called? Oh man, DCOMs. Yeah, and the story I can't remember what it was. I feel called. like I vaguely know. Which Full Court Miracle, I think, is what it was called. And the story is that uh, it's like this Jewish school, uh, like a Jewish day school, like a Hebrew day school, uh, and their basketball team, and like the main character. What is, is with this is... basketball and Hanukkah movies? Well, Jews love basketball. Um. It's a uh, if you've seen Uncut Gems, they they talk about that. But uh, <laughs> another Adam Sandler movie. Um, another Adam Sandler movie. But the story is Adam that like Sandler's this, a baller, man. Hebrew Dude, Day School gets a time. new 
their basketball team sucks and then they get a new coach and the coach is this like um he's like a homeless black guy and they start to think for various reasons that he is moses he is like the reincarnation <laughs> or, or something of moses interesting um and it takes place during hanukkah even though moses isn't really a, a part of hanukkah i don't know it's huh. well you know they tried <laughs> i guess <laughs> if it's good i've never seen that movie i had never even heard of that one i mean sometimes i wonder if it's on uh maybe i'll have to check i it bet out. it is on, on disney, disney plus, plus. Yeah. i'm sure it's... it's on there uh well welcome everybody to one game at a time uh a holiday extravaganza the, a holiday extravaganza of one game at a time this is the podcast where we tell the story of a single game from baseball's history i'm warner and i'm joined by my co-hosts sam and charlie hello hello I'm a happy holidays kind of guy. I mean, like, yeah. kind of celebrate. Charlie, Christmas, do you do you but... celebrate you you do or don't celebrate Christmas? I mean, like, I kind of do, but I'm not religious. But I enjoy the like spirit of the holiday season. Oh come on, like, you like the gifts? You like the gifts? Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's I like giving and I like receiving. It's both both ways. Yeah, are good. yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, well, this week's game, we yeah. I mean, we were kind of in the holiday spirit. Uh. Sam, like you said, though, you know, there's certain sports, uh, you know, basketball that you can watch during Christmas time uh, or on Christmas Day. Uh, baseball can't really do that. So, you know, we, I kind of had the idea that it would be fun to find something that feels a little bit festive. Um, and, I, you know, we came across this game and I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this game. It actually turned out to be a very interesting kind of just story overall. I'm excited to jump into it. Um, but just, you know, we say it every week. If you have any suggestions for games, our listeners, please send us an email or reach out on all the social media platforms. Our email is ogatpod at gmail.com. Social media, we are at ogatpod. Um, let us know if there's something you want us to cover. Also, our Patreon supporters, we have that as well. We're one game at a time on there. Uh, you'll get priority in suggesting games. So, Check that out because we've got some fun perks. And yeah, we'll maybe cover a game that you want us to cover. When you think of baseball, you think of the USA. It's the nation's pastime usually enjoyed on a hot summer day with a cold beer in hand. But on April 7th, 1977, baseball found itself in a completely new setting. A frozen tundra in the Great White North without a beer in sight. Baseball had come to Toronto, Canada. While they weren't the first Canadian team to join the MLB, that honor was held by the Montreal Expos, the Toronto Blue Jays became an immediate sensation when their expansion was granted in 1976. Originally, there were talks of selling the San Francisco Giants to a Toronto-based group and moving the team there, going so far as to renovate Exhibition Stadium, the current home of the Canadian Football League Toronto Argonauts, but a U.S. court stepped in and squashed the deal. Can you imagine the Giants? One of, like, I was just the about to say that. Most, like, like, prestigious, like, or, like, most, like, storied franchises. Like, I mean, yeah. they already moved from New York to San Francisco, which I'm sure was already weird enough for a lot of people, but, like... Sure. But, like you said, though, such a, like, historic team being like, all right, we're off to Canada. <laughs> yeah, that was Toronto so Giants. Now. That alternate I mean, history. If if the Giants franchise moved to Toronto, it still had all those great players, you yeah. know, like, it, from the 70s on It would be so now. interesting. Be weird. Yeah. Yeah, because, and also, it would be, I don't know, this is kind of a side thing, but... 
you know, it's not the first time we've heard about these talks of a big team, whatever, potentially moving somewhere crazy. It would be a very interesting just experiment to go through and like look at what alternate baseball history could look like if every team had actually moved when they, you know, I mean, this is like a thing where they were basically ready to go. And then, uh, like I said, a U.S. court stepped in. It was like, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. It's not like one of those things where the Giants were threatening to move to Toronto. Like, no, they they basically had all the pay agreements. I mean, they were going to sell the team for like fucking, I think it was like $7 million, which, you know, that's crazy, first of all, looking back. Um, but it would be interesting to just go through and look at what the alternate history of baseball could look like if all these teams had actually done these big moves like that. I mean, it'd be weird. I don't know. Toronto Giants. What is an Argonaut? It's like Jason and the Argonauts. Like, uh, don't know, what you that know, is. it's like Greek mythology. The Jason was a Greek hero and he had his ship, the Argo, and the Argonauts were like his crew, the guys that like were on the boat with him. You know, in Russia, so they call astronauts cosmonauts. That's a really cool name. Yeah, that's so much cooler than astronauts. It's very cool. <laughs> Well, not wanting their 17.5 million Canadian dollar renovations to go to waste, the city of Toronto continued to push for an MLB expansion team, and their wish was granted when Seattle was given a team and the league needed to balance out the schedules. But their fight wasn't done there, as the U.S. government reared its ugly head yet again when President Gerald Ford put pressure on the MLB to award the expansion to Washington, D.C. instead after they'd lost the Senators for the second time. Well, Ford's attempts would be in vain, as his request was denied by both the American and National Leagues, and Toronto's franchise was officially granted. After a Name the Team contest that saw 30,000 entries and names like the Towers, the Beavers, and the Blue Sox suggested, team ownership settled on the Blue How come Jays. they didn't go with, um, like, Teamy McTeam face or Toronto McToronto face or something? <laughs> because the internet was not... The plague yeah, on our if this world is today. In, in 2020, they would get names like that. I mean, it's at a point where, like, the team. If I, if I owned an expansion team, right, or if I was whatever the head of marketing for an expansion team, I would like preempt the Teamy McTeam face suggestion that you know was going to get you know some of the top rankings. You just got to say, "Yep, we're uh, we're going to name the team this." Nah, I'm just kidding. And then people will be like, "Oh, see, now it's not funny." I would just name the team that and just leave it there. Be Teamy McTeam face. <laughs> well, most credit the contest with the team's name. Some stories say a former premier of Ontario, John Roberts, claimed he'd seen a Blue Jay out his window during a team director's meeting, and the name came from that. Sometimes you think about Canada and you're like, man, they're so similar to the U.S. You know, it's basically just like an extension of. And then other times you hear that they have things called the premier of Ontario. And you're like, oh, no, they're weird. Like, they're weird up there. I hardly ever think uh, maybe this is just because my former roommate is Canadian. They are not like us. Do you know what a garburator is? I think. in more... Do you know what a garburator is? <laughs> Uh, I have you have to tell us what a garburator is. It's just a garbage is. disposal. But they call it a garburator for some unknown reason. They're... I mean, it is kind of yeah, it is kind of crazy to think about sometimes cuz I, I do hear what you're saying, Sam, and that sometimes I think there are certain things that I do kind of think, "Oh, Canadians, Americans, we're not that different." But then I do think hear other things where first of all, like 
they speak French in Canada. Like what? Not all <laughs> like, of it, but yeah. Not definitely, all of it. But definitely that is, is weird that like you cross you know, like you cross a like a county area. line and then all of a sudden yeah. everyone's speaking French. Like that is not like that is very different for us coming from our American perspective in terms of like, you know, but yeah, so there are certain like this, the premiere and like, they've definitely got more of that kind of, I don't know. Well, isn't the queen on their money? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like things that you associate with like England and stuff like that. um, Cause yeah, consider themselves as a part of like a commonwealth, right? They still like recognize the monarchy's authority over them. They're just not a part of like. They're not actually ruled by yes. England and the UK anymore. Also, this yeah, is a, so this that's is definitely our, different. It's like whoa. <laughs> this is our holiday episode. This is a different. You know, this holiday recently passed, but they have like a whole different Thanksgiving. I guess I've never thought about what other like I know that like Thanksgiving is an American holiday, but like, do you mean they have a different thing? Yeah, on their the Thanksgiving day? is we in like October. It's called Canadian Thanksgiving. Well, all right, all right. We, uh, let's get back to the Blue Jays. Uh, that's what we're talking about. But yeah, the there's here. the second Monday in October, so. <laughs> well, that's fun. Good to know. Well, others suspected the Blue Jays' name was demanded by a company that held a 45% stake in the team, Labatt Breweries, whose biggest seller was a beer named Labatt Blue. This one makes the most sense to me. I gotta be but honest. why not just name the them, like, the this... Blues or something? Why the blue jays? Because there's a reason. Because um, uh, they didn't want they didn't want to be called the blues because the University of Toronto's nickname is the blues. So they were like, we need to differentiate ourselves oh. from them. And the the beer makers were like, God damn it! <laughs> you know, speaking of the the beer makers, I like when I don't know if other people people might hate this actually, but I like when like uh teams are their name is like related to it's usually a, a massive corporation that owns them. I always <laughs> think that's like kind of fun. Like when the like the Orlando Magic, like were owned by Disney, and then the oh yeah, yeah. I, like I think that's kind of fun. that's kind of a subtle, a little more, a little subtle. But then like when you think you're like oh yeah, obviously. Well no yeah, I'm not. Like, I don't I mean, want like a team. No 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 yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones. <laughs> like I'm the Cleveland like, T-Mobiles or something I mean, like I that. No, I, I wouldn't like we're that. We're gonna get to that point. I think that's gonna happen. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would <laughs> think so. But uh, no, but like some other ones, like the I know the WNBA has a team like the Mohegan Sun, which they're owned by. The casino, the Mohegan Sun, um, which is like that one's just straight up, but like also like <laughs> they're called like the Sun, which is like teams are called that and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean the the Disney also owned the Mighty Ducks, but then they ended up selling oh, them yeah. and then they Mighty changed Ducks, their name. That was such a yeah. No, it's just the Ducks. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I always think it's kind of fun. Like that, it's just like if you could do it in a way that's like fun, like that, like Disney owning a team and naming them after the children's hockey movie that they made is kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, no matter how the team's name came to be, Torontonians were on board. After the expansion draft in 1976, I saw the team draft players like Bob Baylor, Jim Clancy, and Doug Alt, and the front office was filled out with its first employee in Paul Beeston and president and GM Peter Bavasi. It was time for baseball. Who is Paul Beeston? Paul Beeston is, so first of all, just kind of interesting, the very first uh Employee person. Was he like a janitor? That'd be fun. 
Uh, no, he was he was immediately hired as the vice president of business oh. operations. Um, but it's just fun. He's the first employee. But he would later serve as president of the Blue Jays and eventually president of MLB. Wow. Um, so, yeah, this guy, let me see. I'm looking up the years. Uh, he was president of MLB from 1997 until 2002. What does president of MLB even mean? Yeah, what is president of MLB? I don't know what it means, but it sounds prestigious, right? Oh, yeah. It it's sounds like, like we a old... big job talk about the commissioner of baseball like they're the the I mean, figurehead at the end of the, i'm sure like, it's just like there's someone that has to organize just you know the like mlb is still kind of a company whatever organization I guess that's in its true own, right? yeah the commissioner is more of like dealing with the and, owners and rules and like the game yeah whereas like mlb you know there's a lot of stuff outside of mlb that we don't really think as much about but is i don't know they have to yeah, you know make you make sure it's running and it's easy to think about the teams as companies and organizations that do marketing but i don't know i forget that mlb is like doing that as a whole too they just focus on the yankees and the yeah Dodgers, yeah so. exactly <laughs> yeah um but anyway so yeah paul beeston this is the beginning of a very long baseball career for him but at the end of the day, I thought it'd just be fun to point out that he was the very first employee. I mean, that that's kind of cool, you know? Um, very first employee that was hired by the, by the Blue Jays. Well, the very first game in Blue Jays history was set to be played on April 7th, 1977, against the Chicago White Sox at Exhibition Stadium. So, this game, we're kind of focusing a little bit more on the Blue Jays because it's their first ever game. But when I... Warner, you're the one who kind of suggested this game, and then... I looked in his White Sox game. I'm a White Sox fan. That's cool. And I looked at the 1977 White Sox, and I'm like, I don't know anyone on this team. <laughs> like, I don't. I'm a White Sox fan. I know a lot of the, about the team history. I didn't know a single player on this team. And they want this team is like a, 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 kind of a good team. Uh, they ended up having a good season. And I'm like, who are these people? Who why don't are I? You why don't I know anyone? And I actually, first of all, their their uniforms they wear in this game are just like. Super weird. Uh, and this was also around the time that they wore shorts. Um, oh, yeah. And oh, God. The, the thing about... So the White Sox actually... If you, a lot of baseball fans now, you think about them, they kind of have the more one of the more traditional and constant uniforms. Like, they, they're black and white. They have that same logo they've had for a long time, whereas a lot of other teams have switched recently or have a lot of colors in them and, and things like that. The White Sox kind of just have, like a very classic look, but in the seventies, eighties, like the white Sox were kind of known as being like super wacky. Like there was a time where they were red, like red was their main color. There was a time where they wore shorts. They, they had like weird uniforms. And the reason being is because they used to have this owner, Bill Vec, who owned them in 1977. He owned them for, for from like the fifties to like the eighties. And he was known uh, as like a showman. He was the last people say he was like, in baseball, maybe even in most major American sports, he was, like, the last owner that wasn't, like, independently wealthy. He just, like, bought the team at the right time and then, uh, you know, stuck with them. I mean, he's the reason there's fireworks after home runs and after games. He's the reason, like, Disco Demolition Night was a big thing. It was, like, his <laughs> idea. He He was just all about, like, publicity and marketing and, like, weird, wacky, crazy ideas. Um... And one thing about the 1977 team where I'm like, why don't I know any of these players? What is this? I mean, he he brought back Minnie Minoso when Minnie Minoso was 
uh, in his fifties and in his, in his forties <laughs> and in his fifties. So Vilvek just did all these crazy things. And I'm like, 1970, why? So he had this idea where he said like, we're, we don't have as much money. He, he, like I said, he wasn't independently wealthy. We don't have as much money as the Cubs and the Yankees and the, you know, the, the Dodgers and stuff. So like what we're going to do to compete with them is we're going to rent their players. When guys are in like the last years of their contract, we're going to trade for them and just have them for one year. Um, so he got like these guys, Richie Zisk, who's in this game, Oscar Gamble, who's in this game. He just traded them for basically, we, we know we're not going to resign them. We know their team doesn't want them anymore. So they just want to get like the value because their contract is expiring. So we're just going to rent these guys for one year and see, you know, if, if we can make a run for one year and then next year we'll start over with different guys. And they were onto something. We definitely see it now. You know, you definitely see that happen a lot where guys have a, you know, even a half a season rental. Yeah. Now you see it a lot at like the trade deadline renting guys, yeah. but his whole thing was like, we're going to do it like a year at a time. Every year we're going to rent yeah, yeah. a new team, you know? While the stadium could seat upwards of 38,000 fans, over 44,000 had shown up for the inaugural game, which led to delays as the inexperienced ushers tried their best to get everyone through the gates and to their seats. For most fans, once you get through the gate, the first stop is to grab a beer before heading to your seat. But, in an ironic twist considering the team's beer-making ownership, Exhibition Stadium was the one ballpark in the entirety of Major League Baseball that didn't serve alcohol leaving the fans to bring in their own flasks or Mickeys, as they called them. Like you said, Charlie, it's a Garbrader, yeah. Mickeys. They should have called this Prohibition Stadium, not Exhibition Stadium. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> that would have been that's good. That's pretty good. Well, and on top of everything, Canada had decided to remind everyone that this was Canada and dumped a sheet of white snow across the field. As groundskeepers did their best to squeegee snow off the turf, team management was worried they'd have to cancel the game. But the weather began to clear up, and the game was set to begin. I mean, it's definitely a bad omen to have to cancel your very first game. So they were yeah. probably like, no matter what, we're playing this game. It is kind you of know? classic, yeah. that can't, it's going to snow in Canada. You know, this is... <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, Paul Beeston himself had said, if there was another inch of snow, it probably wouldn't happen. People in, the, people in the United States were expecting snow because baseball had come to Canada. We gave them snow and gave them a game and gave them a picture. Well, pitching for the Blue Jays was the two-time All-Star Bill Singer, a two-time 20-game winner who was in the twilight of his career, and his first pitch was a strike. Here it is, the first pitch in Blue Jay history. It's a strike for the That ball has been exchanged and will go to the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. I like that uh, the, the catcher here uh, on the Blue Jays, Rick Cerrone, he's ready to just throw the ball right back to Bill Singer and the yeah, umpire has like, to no, stop no, no. him. And he's Remember, like, no, no, this no, no, is no, baseball. Like, we're taking this, baseball. this out. We keep everything. Yeah, this... <laughs> yeah and the guy's like, oh, come on, man. First pitch strike, he's in a groove. <laughs> and then, yeah, he's got to take the ball out. Pretty funny. The rest of the inning, though, was downhill as Singer gave up the first walk in Blue Jays history, followed by the first steal and the first error, which led to the first sack fly and finally culminated in the first home run at Exhibition so Stadium. having a little trouble with that mud getting in his spikes. Uh, he's been pitching a little higher than he usually does. 
Solid ball hit deep to center field about the 400 mark there. The fence it is gone for a home run. Richie Zisk, a 400 foot home run, and the Chicago White Sox are going to go on top two to nothing. Richie Zisk, there's that power we talked about. So yeah, Sam, there's your guy, Richie Zisk. Blast one to center field, 400 feet. Uh, one thing I think it's interesting they say on the broadcast there is uh, Bill Singer, the dirt, it is so cold that the dirt is getting into his cleats and is essentially freezing there. So oh, his cleats wow. are now becoming that like sucks. platform shoes. Like There's they're a just good useless. amount of snow like, in that outfield. I mean, it's not like they're trudging through yeah, it or anything. No, they're but still, it's, it's covering the grass. Yeah, the infield by this point, there's still some snow, but they've managed to get you know, most of it kind of off. There's no way they were going to squeegee off right. the whole outfield, you know, no way. Um, but yeah, then you've got Bill Singer on the mound. His cleats are freezing. Like before every pitch, you can see him trying to like kick off whatever dirt he can. I think they have one of those little scrape pad thingies, but it's not, doesn't seem to be helping a lot. And yeah, I mean, well, speaking of Richie Zisk, I mean, you brought him up. He, he smashes this home run dead center, 400 plus feet. Uh, I mean, off the bat, it was just, you knew it was gone immediately. The center fielder doesn't even move, really. Um, and what's interesting about that is that another thing about this White Sox team is where the nickname started, the Southside Hitmen, because they were known for their power. Um, they actually, what's what's interesting is this 1977 team hit 192 regular season home runs, which until 1996 was the record, which is funny because now, like, what, the Twins have the record yeah, with for like 700 like 300 whatever, something yeah, whatever. <laughs> who even <laughs> so, knows it'll be broken next year but yeah they this the guys they got zisk and gamble i mean these guys who had good power 30 home run hitters so uh they, they this white Sox team was known for hitting home runs and then back well in, what's funny is if anything sam they will be known for hitting home runs i mean this is the first game oh that's 19, true they like they will be known this rental exactly team will be like, known yeah they're they're about to be the south side hitman it's kind of fun to see this <laughs> well after only four batters the blue jays were down two to zero in the first inning but singer was able to limit the damage and limped out of the inning after giving up another hit and a walk the left fielder john scott had the honor of being the first blue jays batter but he struck out swinging, followed by Hector Torres, who also struck out swinging. Just when it seemed like the Blue Jays franchise would get off to the most depressing start in baseball history, Doug Alt stepped up to the plate. Oh yeah, Doug Alt, baby. Doug, wait, who, who's Doug Alt? The 27-year-old rookie first baseman who spent his off-seasons working as a roughneck on oil rig platforms was selected 32nd overall by Toronto in the expansion draft. At the beginning of his career, Alt had been drafted by the Pirates, Padres, and Indians, but had refused to sign with each of them, before finally signing with his hometown Texas Rangers as an amateur free agent in 1973. Do you think that that, might, that was because he was like, if I go to those places, I'm going to lose my, my oil job? I don't know. Uh, I mean, Padres, San Diego, there's an ocean He probably made more money they probably have oil rigs out there. Than- playing baseball so he probably did yeah i um think sam's onto something i mean he, crazy. he could have maybe tried Guess to find out. something in san diego but like if he had a job and he'd worked up you know got some raises promotions knew the people didn't want to lose that <laughs> well after three years in the rangers system and only nine games with the big club 
they made him available in the expansion draft. Alt was now the opening day first baseman looking for a fresh start in baseball, and where better than a brand new franchise in a city new to the sport. All this being said, Alt was looking to make an impact in his very first at bat, which he did in spectacular fashion. Brett deals, hard hit ball, power alley, left center field, home run! Wow, you think he uh, hit this one, came back to the dugout, and just chugged a bucket of oil? <laughs> Do you think the the uh, the people that did the renovations on the stadium are like, oh fuck, like this is way too many home runs already? <laughs> like, what have we done? <laughs> like, they're worried that it's like, I don't know, there's some cores effect they didn't realize or something. You're like, oh shit. Well, it's interesting too because a lot of people say, you know, the ball starts flying once it. The weather gets hot, you know, but the ball's flying yeah, in this game and it's, and it's 32 freezing. degrees, <laughs> 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And this ball is sailing out of here. What's kind of interesting about this. Uh, we're talking about how cold it is. We're talking about the snow and we called Canada the great white North. And the guy said, you know, oh, when baseball in Canada, people are going to think it's going to be cold yeah. and it's going to snow. Toronto is South of Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toronto is essentially even with Detroit and Boston. Like Toronto's not that far north. No, no, no but we still, weird, you know, we think Canada. South of where I am right now, but it's in Canada. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, also, one thing too. So you know, like we were talking about, um, Doug Alt has played only nine games. In Major League Baseball, this is his first career his swing home is run, crazy, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> but also, we were talking about kind of sucks because there's no way he's getting this ball. One, I'm sure the fan that caught it is going to try to keep it because you know Blue Jays' first home run. Even if they did get the ball back, now the Blue Jays want it because they're like, "Oh, it's the first home run. We put it in the Hall of Fame." Blah blah blah. Doug Alt's like, eh, it's also my first home run. It'd be kind of cool if I got the ball. They're like, yeah, "Shut up!" They're like, "We'll give you a labbit blue." <laughs> yeah. But it is yeah. kind of cool. After like, the game, because there's no beer allowed. Well, and it's cool if the Blue Jays got the ball and it is in the Hall of Fame, like, that's cool. Because it's not like Doug Galt was... Yeah, but don't you think, you know... He gets but, to ha- yeah. He's got something in the Hall of Fame, you know? To, like, his name is probably on yeah. that... On that ball if they right. got it back. Who knows? Yeah. They probably didn't. <laughs> well, Alt's first home run had scored the first Blue Jays run and pulled Toronto a bit closer to the White Sox. The Lone Star State product had cemented himself as a Canadian legend with a single swing. But Alt's hard work was immediately undone in the following inning, when Bill Sanger gave up a pair of singles that scored another White Sox run, then a double to Blue Jay killer Richie Zisk that made it White Sox 4, Blue Jays 1. The Blue Jays would score another run in the bottom of the second to make it 4-2, and for the first time, they'd hold the White Sox scoreless in the top of the third. As the snow in the infield began to melt away, Doug Alt got his second chance at the plate with a man on first. Having already hit his team's first home run, he was now trying to keep them in the game and proved he was deserving of his now legendary status. Here's Brett's pitch. It is hit deep to right field. Home run! (laughs) 
Astros are making heroes here. Batter by batter and pitch by pitch. And right now, Doug Alt heads that list. A two-run homer. And the Blue Jays are tied at four with the White Sox. I love this one. The right fielder like throws his glove up in the air, just like, ah, fuck. <laughs> so maybe Doug Alt gets to keep this one. Hopefully this one. <laughs> <laughs> Having pitched a clean third inning, Bill Singer was given the ball again for the fourth and settled in, retiring the White Sox without allowing another run. In the bottom of the fourth, the Blue Jays took the lead 5-4 to four when Dave McKay singled to drive in Pedro Garcia and White Sox starter Ken Brett got the hook for Francisco Barrios, who managed to do what Brett couldn't, get Doug Alt out, when he got him to ground into a double play. Not just get him out, but not get him to stay in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big, that's a big play. Bill Singer started the fifth with a strikeout, but gave up back-to-back singles before he was pulled for Jerry Johnson, who closed out the inning. In the bottom of the fifth, Otto Velez singled, then the pinch-hitting Al Woods blasted one to right. Hit hard! Right field! Home run! Well, Otto Velez can take his time scoring from second base on that long home run. Well, a pretty astute move on the part of Roy Hartsfield, who sends L. Scott in to pinch hit for Steve Bowling. He hammers a two-run blast, 365 feet to right center field. I'm going to call these guys the the six-side hitmen. I mean, yeah. Six-side made famous famous uh, nickname for Toronto by Canadian recording artist Drake. Yes, it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, these Blue Jays, man, oof. <laughs> With a lead of 7-4, to four, the Blue Jays worked through the middle innings with relative ease, despite an RBI single from Chicago's third baseman Eric Soderholm that made it 7-5. to five. In the bottom of the eighth, John Scott doubled to lead off the inning, then advanced to third on a sack bunt, giving Doug Alt another shot to come up big. 1-0 pitch. Swung on. Through the hole. That'll score. Run number eight. Scott crosses the plate, and we have runners at first and second. While it wasn't a home run, it was still Alt's fourth RBI of the day and tacked on another run to the Blue Jays' tally, making the score 8-5. to five. A few batters later, Gary Woods grounded into a double play but drove in a run that made it 9-5. to five. Toronto's day had gone from very bad to very good, and with just three more outs to get, the former White Sox pitcher who'd been selected in the expansion draft, Pete Vukovic, took the mound to close out the game. I think being given up in the expansion draft has got to be like perceived by a player as like the biggest slight. Just be like, it's you be were a just shitty feel. You were just you thought so little of me that you were just l- willing to let this other team just take me for nothing. So yeah. he's in here now. He's like, fuck these guys. I'm gonna make them pay. <laughs> Vukovic worked a ground out, then strikeout, but an error in center field put a man on for Oscar Gamble who swung at Vukovic's first pitch. Vukovic pitches to him. Ground ball to the shortstop. Up with it. Blue Jays win it. Toronto Blue Jays have beaten the Chicago White Sox. 9-5, and the crowd is all standing. There's a pretty bunch of happy Blue Jays there in the dugout, all congratulating uh, Pete Vukovic, who did a fine job and probably did the best job of any pitcher out on that field today. This is such a, like, he's so excited, you know? Like, they're undefeated. Yeah. The Blue Jays had won their very first game 9-5 to and shown the world that baseball had a place in Toronto. 
even when the snow threatened to say otherwise. Heroes had been made in Doug Alt and Al Woods with their monster home runs, and even Bill Singer, who'd hung in there despite a few early blows. The feel-good nature of opening day, unfortunately, wouldn't last, as the Blue Jays went through struggles most expansion teams frequently do. They'd only managed to win 53 more games in 1977, and finished dead last in the American League East with a record of 54 and 107. They wouldn't even top 60 wins until 1980, by which point the team had already undergone a number of shakeups that saw players like Bill Singer and John Scott traded away or released, and even Doug Alt having reduced playing time before he'd be released following the 1980 season. The front office would undergo changes as well, when a new GM, Pat Gillick, the former assistant GM, took over in 1978, and would eventually lead the team to their first division title in 1985. It would take another seven years for Toronto's first appearance in the World Series, and an all-new crop of heroes were enshrined in Torontonian legend when the Blue Jays won back-to-back World Series titles in 1992 and 1993. That's not too bad. It didn't take them, like, a crazy long time, and then they got them back-to-back. No, I mean, yeah, that's pretty sweet. And, I mean, I feel like this comparison, pretty easy to make, but, like, look at the Mariners, right. man. I mean, these teams were created the same time, you know, pretty good, uh, pretty good. But whether their team was winning it all in October or they were huddled together for warmth in April and begging team ownership to sell beer at a stadium Paul Beeston himself called the worst stadium in baseball, Blue Jays fans have remained fiercely loyal since the team's inception in 1977, when the only thing that mattered was that there was baseball to watch and history to be made. Wow. I still can't get over that they didn't sell beer. I think of Canadians. Yeah, I just it was don't understand. Heavy drinkers. There were chants throughout the 1977 <laughs> season. They would chant, We want beer. That's so we awesome. Want beer. And they were owned and, by a beer company. Yeah, so there's what are so you many doing? reasons why that yeah. shouldn't have been a thing. And it's not even the most important thing about this game. But every time it's been mentioned, no, I'm it's like, just a funny. Really? Yeah, and so this I a lot of these, you know, this Paul Beeson, he I found this whole article, he gave a big interview about kind of on the 40-year anniversary of the Blue Jays. Um he was talking about a lot of stuff. I'll I'll post like this article in our show notes cuz it's interesting. Uh but one thing he talks about is that yeah, despite not selling beer, that did not stop people. And he said they literally, they took out literal bins of alcohol, of empty bottles at the end of every game. People would just bring in their rum, their their rye, their scotch, whatever they wanted to. And he said, he says in this interview, they'd use that to keep warm. And it's like, yeah, you can't blame them. It's 32 right, yeah. degrees out here. Like, give, let them at least drink but something. Just think about all the money that a little they left better. on the table. These people had to bring in this alcohol. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, eventually they did, and I'm sure they were like, "Oh, we're fucking stupid." But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's so funny and such a just that underdog feeling. I mean, even going back to like, this is a shitty stadium. It's a multi-purpose stadium. You know, it's a football stadium that they are using for baseball, but it is it is not good. Um, and here they are. It's snowing. They're squeegeeing the snow off the turf because, you know, it doesn't absorb, so they got to get it off somehow. A good uh, game to talk about for our wild. holiday extravaganza. Yeah, yeah, just fun. Just a fun game. The snow felt festive, uh, despite the game being played in April. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Christmas in April. Um, well, what do you guys say we move on to uh, yeah. extra innings? 
Um, all right. So, you know, games in Toronto. Figured we'd talk about some Toronto stuff. Wait, um, hang on. Do you guys do you guys hear that? It sounds like it sounds like sleigh bells. Ho ho ho! Hello, Warner and Charlie. Oh, and a Jew. Okay. Uh, Whoa! Oh, Santa, <laughs> come on. Is this Santa? Anti? What are you? Well, an hello. Anti-Semite? What are you doing? No, well, I'm, Santa. I'm, no, it's, um. Well, no, it's just I. Oh you no! Know, you scared you know, Sam away. He doesn't even want to talk to you now. I bring Christmas cheer. <laughs> Well, you know, he he had nothing to do with it. Oh, jeez. Just Christmas cheer to some people, Santa. Is that what you're trying to say? All those who believe. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Anyway, <laughs> I was just here because I was going over my list, and I wanted to make sure that you two have been nice. Uh-oh. Not naughty, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Warner's yeah. a yeah. good little boy, so I think... He's probably safe, but I don't know about me. Well, <laughs> Charlie, you did do that that one thing in Tijuana, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I think overall you've been a nice boy. But I'm going over my list, and I was thinking I needed, I needed your guys' help, because you know what? Up in the North Pole, we don't really watch a lot of baseball, to be honest. Santa's not a huge sports fan. Except for Highlight. I do like to bet on Highlight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I'm in South Beach, you know, but uh I don't watch too much baseball, so I wanted to I wanted to to, to get your guys' opinion. Who in baseball has been nice and who in baseball has been naughty? Charlie, do you have any examples of someone in baseball who is naughty? Um I didn't somebody just uh get in trouble for PEDs? Didn't Robinson Cano just get <laughs> fucked again for more PEDs. Oh, Robinson Cano is gonna fucked get a lump again. of yeah, coal. I think he's gonna. I think uh, if his spot in uh, Cooperstown wasn't already fucked, I think it, it's officially fucked now. Oof. Well, I did fill his uh, his stockings last year with some strange pills that he asked for, but <laughs> I didn't know what that was about. I promise. And uh, Warner, who has been naughty? Let's see. Um, I mean, okay. I think the fact that uh, Trevor Bauer told everyone that the only way you could add whatever <laughs> yeah, three hundred RPMs to your to your baseball was by using foreign substances, and then went and added three hundred <laughs> RPMs to his baseball, and then win Cy Young. Uh, I mean, the dude basically admitted to cheating, and now he's like trolling all over Twitter trying to get teams to sign him. Yeah. So Trevor Bauer's being a little. He's, he's being a little naughty boy. Well, let me look at my <laughs> list. And hold on, let me check it twice. Yes, Trevor Bauer, right here on the <laughs> naughty list. Correct. <laughs> and uh, before I go, I just... Some positivity. Who has been nice? Who should get everything they ask for for Christmas? Charlie, who's been nice? Well, I'm just going to go with Mike Trout. I don't know if he's done anything specifically, but he had a he had a son this year. <laughs> He's good at baseball. He's never, I never see him doing anything naughty. So uh, he, that's pretty nice. And I'd like, uh, that's pretty nice. He should get some presents just for being Mike Trout. Well, let's see here. Let's look at Mike Trout. <laughs> just for being Mike Trout. <laughs> oh, what has Mike Trout asked for this year? Oh, 10 shake weights. <laughs> All right. Interesting request. That's pretty easy. But I guess he's going to get them this year. And, uh, a Warner. 
I just have one more spot open on my list. Tell me someone in baseball who's been nice. All right, Santa, I got to tell you, this might be a controversial pick, but listen, Santa, you're cool, right? Like, uh-huh. you like baseball, right? I mean, uh, you know, I like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit more into highlight, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like anybody having fun and joy, and baseball seems okay. to bring joy right. to the masses. That's what it's about, right? It's about having a grand old time, and it's about swinging with the bases loaded on a 3-0 count. Uh, Fernando Tatis, I mean, come on. The dude loves baseball. We love him on this podcast. He brings a lot of fun to the sport. I think uh, if you're from Texas, you might think he was naughty this year. But I think everybody else uh, thinks Fernando Tatis earned his spot on the nice list by just cranking home runs, man. Fernando Tatis. Let me check what he's asked for for Christmas this year. Five full tubs of hair bleach. All right. He'll be getting those very soon. Thanks for helping me with my list, guys. Do you do you have uh, any notable welcome, names on the on the naughty list? Not even baseball. Just could you give us some insight on who else in the world is on that naughty and nice list, Santa? Well, someone who's on my naughty list is well, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, Santa. Thanks for thanks for that. Santa, before you go, just like I just want to remind you, Santa, be be chill, man. Like even if people don't maybe believe in you, just don't. Yeah, be, an be chill, with Sam. Come on, you should apologize. You, you should find him and apologize, maybe. <laughs> just an idea, Santa. I think you should bring Santa. I, Santa, I think you should bring Sam a gift this year. Do you think I should? Yeah, and a nice gift too, not like a shitty gift. You know, like a joke gift. Yeah, like get him a, a PS Five. Come on. Mm. Wow. I mean, I could do that. I am Santa Claus. We make we made <laughs> billions of PS5s up in the North Pole in my workshop. Do you guys Santa, really think you know, I should do that? I have to that? say, Santa, it's kind of fucked that, like, you guys are making all these PS5s and you're just holding off on them? Like, come on. Oh, you're the only one that decides who gets them? Yeah, I feel like why should, is it only like, the rich kids almost as bad as a scalper them. right now. Yeah, it's kind of messed up, Santa. Like, there's a lot of kids out there who've been incredibly nice this year, and... I think they deserve a PS5, but you're just also like, them. why do you you're, why do you need to watch people when they're sleeping? I get you need to watch when they're awake because yeah. that's when people do things. But like, but what am I going to do in my sleep, Santa? I'm just laying in bed. Like it's kind of wow. creepy. I mean, you guys I worry are really... enough about the CIA. I don't need Santa. Okay, you guys are really Believe making me think dad. about a lot of things and just you know just some things to think look about, I've, I've been I mean, yeah, wanting to tell you these things for a while and now i've got you on the line so i'm, I'm kind of just i might have to reevaluate some of this oh man <laughs> so you really think i should maybe just give these gifts to all even those who don't believe in santa yeah i mean y- yeah yeah hmm, i think let so let me think quit quit hoarding your ps5s you know no extinguish the non-believers <laughs> Goodbye, everyone! <laughs> ho, ho, ho! Okay, bye, Santa. Well, uh, well Charlie, we we tried. We yeah. certainly tried. Um, He's a lost cause. Oh, I mean, man. Sam, that was I, I think it sounds yeah, like you're sorry back. sorry about that. Um, I, we, we, one of the reindeers kicked me in the oh, head. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think it was Blitzen. Man. Jesus Christ. It was probably Blitzen. <laughs> Doesn't oh, surprise well. me. Santa's the one taking care of him. You know, they're... They're not learning good things. They're not learning to be well behaved. <laughs> well, well, guys, it's been a hell of a year uh, doing this podcast with you. Hell of a year. It's been fun. It's been fun talking about baseball. 
um, this year. Hopefully next year, 2021, maybe next year, um, we'll get to go see some baseball games in person. Uh, also, Santa was not wearing a mask. That was kind of no. He like, <laughs> he didn't look. I mean, he wasn't coughing or anything, but he looked a little rough. <laughs> I think he'd been drinking. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, um, for listening to One Game at a Time. Uh, We really appreciate it Uh, for listening, you know, this whole year. uh, Email us at ogappod at gmail.com if you have any game suggestions or to, you know, tell us who you think belongs on the baseball naughty and nice list, you know. Appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, and we are, we're taking a few weeks off. Uh, We kind of record these around the holidays. So we're taking a few weeks off to just kind of relax and, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, We will be back with new episodes uh, in January coming out on Tuesdays, like we uh, back to our regular schedule. Uh, But, you know, in the meantime, go listen to an old episode, you know? I don't know. Yeah, or go watch, uh, Uh, figure out a game that you want us to cover you know maybe go go back through yeah, your would be pretty sweet. Your mental history of games you've watched and say oh th- they need to watch this game because this crazy thing happens and let us know yeah it'd be fun to be fun to come back and uh see a bunch of suggestions but uh otherwise you know just tell your friends about us run all the podcast platforms subscribe rate and review uh those reviews help us get the show out there uh we're also on social media instagram twitter tiktok at ogat pod and we are on patreon so check that out if you want to support the show uh we'd really appreciate it And we'll also shout out new supporters uh at the end of our episode so you could hear your name right here uh, but warner you're gonna use all the patreon money to uh well essentially uh start a war on canada Actually, you know, I was thinking a war on Canada, but now I'm thinking well, a war on Canada. I was Santa. thinking, I mean, dude's kind of a I jerk. I think that the the war on Canada is just a stepping stone. We need to surround Santa. He's got magical powers we'll start and with Canada. army of elves, but I think Canada and Russia, that should give us a lot of, you know, hit him from all sides. Yeah, hit him yeah. from all sides. <laughs> uh, well, thank you everybody for listening to one game at a time. Uh, we'll see you all next year. <laughs> Uh, wow, dude! Hilarious. <laughs> you've been you've been waiting Bye. an hour right. just to say Bye. that. Yeah. Oh, you know it, man. All right. Uh, happy holidays, Bye. everybody. Bye.